Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Mr. Jeff Wanzura. He is the Chief Growth Officer at Curatio. Jeff is a pharmacist by trade, digital health geek at heart, and an angel investor and healthcare executive. After two successful exits with his previous digital health ventures and a tenure as an executive at one of the largest specialty pharmacy infusion clinic and patients program networks, he currently serves as the chief growth officer of Curatio Networks. I'm excited to to host him today. He's going to talk to us about how they're providing next generation patient support on their platform. Jeff, such a pleasure to have you here. First off, thanks for having me. So I've, I've been listening to your podcast for some time and it's humbling to be included with some of the pioneers in the digital healthcare space. Uh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. And you guys are doing some some fascinating work. So before we dive into Curatio and, and how you guys are making a difference, tell us a little bit more about you and, and your healthcare journey. What, what keeps you in the game? Yeah, so I, I was exposed to the healthcare space fairly early on in, in my journey as, as we own a family pharmacy. Um, and over the years, and more acutely during my time in pharmacy school, I came to realize that patient outcomes are less defined by the episodic interactions by healthcare professionals and more so by the small nudges that drive the incremental behavior change on a day-to-day basis. So kind of throughout that time, again, I've been involved in a number of digital health ventures um, and kind of seen the, the platform and I guess the ecosystem evolve over time. And, and now it's really kind of putting the rubber to the road and seeing how we can further catalyze this digital transformation within the space. Yeah, it is exciting. And, and the opportunity to to provide value has never been greater. You know, we're becoming more consumer focused in healthcare and, and it's an exciting time as you and I were, were connecting here before the podcast, Jeff. Talk to us a little bit about what you guys are up to, Curatio, and, and how exactly you're adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. Um, so I say maybe to kick things off, one of the fundamental problems facing digital health platforms and healthcare more broadly is the consistent engagement and long tail retention of their users. So those users representing patients, family members, caregivers. So a number of different user roles. And, and other industries have leveraged social and peer-to-peer support in a very compelling way, which has a high engagement and retention factor. So re- really the question is, how can we responsibly blend these two in a way that makes sense for, for the healthcare setting and create a dedicated platform in which we can start to, again, scale this in a regulatory and privacy compliant way. And this is what's really inhibited the the growth um, and the trajectory of of peer-to-peer support in these settings. So how can we start to, again, take into account the intricacies of the healthcare environment and drive that different types of, I'll call behavioral nudges along the way? Because when you solve that engagement retention challenge, you have the best opportunity to drive behavior um, and positive behavior change on a day-to-day basis. So what we do at Curatio is create regulatory and privacy compliant peer-to-peer networks, and we go to market with our customers. So this represents anyone from the life sciences space to providers, to payers, to government agencies on how they can create customized, brandable, um, and configurable platforms that represent the brand and their offering. 
again, to provide peer-to-peer support in a way that makes sense for the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting because, I mean, as we sit today, it, things are fragmented. There's, uh, you know, been kind of like a gravitation toward Facebook and, and Facebook communities. Obviously, all the issues with Facebook <laughs> that that we know of um, prove that that's not really, maybe not the best place to, to do this type of work. So, So you guys are offering something with high security and an opportunity to to collaborate securely. So talk to us a little bit about how you're making a difference. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So what we do, and again, just to go and pass the, the, the privacy and regulatory concerns and really just to unpack that a little bit as to why that's been an inhibitor or blocker um, for the full utilization within the healthcare ecosystem. And as you mentioned, these these groups are organically forming and proliferating within these traditional social contexts, but all these stakeholders are saying, I have an inability to connect with my patients and support them in a different way, just given the channel that we're interacting with. So when it comes to how we're making an impact, again, I'd say there's three core levers that we're leveraging. So one is matching peer-to-peers in a very intelligent and and holistic way. So this is bringing in demographic, clinical, and psychographic information to say, how can we identify patients in the community who are going through similar challenges as you? And our, our thesis is the more points of intersection and overlap you have with an individual, the more likely you are to form a long lasting relationship and bond that drives those daily disease management behaviors. Now, when you have that high engagement, that high retention factor with the peer-to-peer support that's offered, this is allowing us, again, to personalize the content. And it sounds like a bit of a misnomer, oxymoron, but mass personalization. So how can you start to meet patients where they are? And when you have that high engagement factor through the peer-to-peer support, this is open, opens up a new lever, a new opportunity to interact, whether it be content programming or interventions. And then as well as coming full circle on the types of health trackers that are applicable to that particular community, disease state, or the particular molecule or therapy that we're helping to support as a digital companion type of app. So what patients are looking for is that anonymity tied to the condition. So obviously, personal health information comes with it a number of complexities on how to maintain, again, full control over it and having that type of buy-in from the patient community, um, as well as from the pharmaceutical and life sciences sector to saying, okay, there's a number of hoops we have to jump through from a pharmacovigilance or an adverse event reporting. And that's something that we baked in from the ground up on making this specific for the healthcare landscape. And again, having all the privacy and ensuring all the information within the platform is evidence-based. So again, it's, it's safe, convenient, and it's also compliant that allows, again, your legal or regulatory teams to, to sleep at night. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, and I, I love how well you've considered all the stakeholders, right? I mean, you, you're able to, to serve patients, providers, companies providing, you know, life sciences companies. Um, I find that the, the the companies making the biggest difference do a really great job of considering the the multi-leveled stakeholder kind of ecosystem that the healthcare provides. So talk to us about maybe an example of how you guys have been able to improve outcomes or make business better, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what, over the course of the pandemic that we've kind of intuitively known the value of community um, and how that cascation uh, or the cascading effect of loneliness and isolation has had on, on people's health, both from mental well-being, um, as well as the, again, wellness and even their primary indication, how that changes their disease management journey over that period of time. So one of our successful deployments is in partnership with the Life Sciences Organization, 20 countries wide. And again, this is a, a companion to a specific therapy. So what we're starting to see is these peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer connections form and the type of dialogue that's being had within the platform is really starting to showcase, again, patients need more than a one-dimensional treatment option. And, and they want to are looking for different types of avenues, so whether there be content at a specific point in time different types of ways to track their health outcomes. And again, what we're starting to see is going to market with our customers allows us 
to reach that audience in a different way. So in, I guess, historical terms, one thing that we did publish um, in a peer-reviewed study in the telemedicine e-health journal um, showed a significant uptick in the number of, again, what was known as the HEIQ framework. And these endpoints were things such as improved health behaviors, the interest in self-management, and social integration. And this was during that hospital-to-home transition after an acute cardiac event. So what we've seen, again, 70-80% of those patients identified and, and shared the fact that these, these types of attributes and endpoints saw a positive uptick while using the curatio platform. I'd say the truest test of all this is just on seeing the engagement factor and the different possibilities we have on engaging patients throughout that journey when we embed social in a responsible way. So we had individuals visiting the platform up to 10 times per day, which session lengths of four to 40 minutes. So if you think about that, it's again, how can we layer in more value and more opportunity for us to move the needle on, on how they manage their health outside of that monthly cadence of visiting their pharmacy or visiting, um, again, the, their providers in, in a different type of cadence, different sequence of events. And as, as I share lastly, maybe just on our growth. So we now have users in over 100 countries in 15 languages, and some of the largest global organizations in the life sciences space in particular are starting to trust us to optimize how they support their patients. So I think that's the truest test is when you see our, our customers and our partners expanding the reach in different therapeutic areas and different geographies. Jeff, that's really great. And um, I mean, you shared some of the stats around engagement and the length and the quantity of, of times per day. I mean, that's that's meaningful. You know, if you have somebody engaging with the app that long, they're obviously getting value from it. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And when you have that type of engagement, you what we describe as almost a digital data exhaust. So you can understand the type of experience or the type of um, milestone they might be at, which allows you to further personalize that content and have those behavioral nudges. So what we're starting to drive and the, that really the, the puzzle we're starting to solve is engagement and retention. Because if you don't have that relationship and you don't have that type of touch point, you don't have the capability or the, the opportunity to engage in a more compelling way in that kind of mass personalization, like I shared earlier. Amen. <laughs> I'll say amen to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've been having a lot of conversations, Jeff, with other health leaders like yourself. And it's with the idea that, you know, these communities, these apps, they're more than just a static repository of information. And, and I think those days, if you're thinking about your, your assets as a static information repository, you're going to get left in the dust. Talk to us a little bit about that, Jeff. How are you guys doing more than, than just that? Yeah, and, and it really comes back to how we engage and how we go to market with our customers. So in each of the particular deployments, the platform is configurable to that specific disease state and that therapy that we're working in. So we engage uh, a patient advisory board or some type of counsel from individuals who are going to be using the app on a day-to-day -day basis. And from there, we start to kind of peel back the onion or unpack um, what those needs are and, and really start to drive, okay, at different points in time, different types of personas, this is how individuals want to be interacted with, and this is how we can provide the most value. So kind of in light of that, one thing that has evolved over the period of time is a, a concept of, of peer mentorship. So how can you share that lived experience? So someone who might be further along in their therapeutic journey, sharing that type of um, lived experience with someone who's newly diagnosed or initiating therapy for the first time. So this is kind of one of those ways in which that content, and again, the snowball effect of a community setting on organically forming those types of bonds, allows it to be fresh and consistent. And again, allowing us to engage patients in, in different ways and in a very personalized basis. So something that we are very thoughtful of is upon launching a community is how can we start to, again, bring in the types of and surface the right type of information um, that's going to be very applicable to different personas, different geographies, and different types of individuals within the app who might be managing different comorbidities. So this is something again, that we are very thoughtful with upfront. 
but also listening to what kind of conversations are happening in the community so we can better reflect um, the content that's produced along the way. So it isn't that static type of instance like you shared um, at the start. Love it. Yeah, I love the uh, the idea of I don't even call it requirement, right? If you're not doing this, you're not doing it right of, of getting your, your patient panel together to really gut check and level set what you're going to put out there because it's certainly, you know, it could be lonely and I, and I see the value, right? The, it could be lonely when you have some sort of, you know, uh, chronic condition or disease and you have a treatment that probably will be a long-term treatment. How awesome is it to to just be able to to get from your drug company? Hey, you know, here's a community you could talk to others like you. Talk about like a, a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And what we're starting to see more and more of is just the, the value that people see on sharing their experience. And, and this is kind of that transitioning role within the community. So you might start as a again a, a patient new to the community for the first time and evolve ultimately to a peer mentor someone who starts to give back in different ways and we started to gamify that process a little bit more to drive again that positive behavior through someone something known as karma points or a karma score so something as trivial as recognizing someone as a patient champion within the community based on the actions they take for to support their own health as well as how they're supporting others in the community has again shown a very positive uptick on how these users are interacting with the platform over that extended period of time brilliant so so talk to us about setbacks jeff you know what kind of setbacks have you guys had maybe one in particular what was the key learning that helped make you guys even better? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good question. I'd say early on in Creator's journey, one thing that we started to realize is we wanted to go direct to customers and we wanted to go and I guess direct to patients, building a community and then finding different ways to evolve it over time. Now, the thing we learned over um, this time horizon is going to market with your customers is a very powerful way to engage that patient audience and a way to, again, start to build and adapt over that period of time. So things that have allowed us to unlock that type of avenue, that type of go-to-market strategy really is that pharmacovigilance or that regulatory considerations as well as privacy. So when you have these big global life sciences companies, you have to pass through a number of different processes, cross all your, cross all your T's, dot all your I's. And as we've gone through this process a number of times with global companies, we've started to really identify where those pain points are and how to make this as seamless as we can for them to roll out the platform on a broader scale. So things such as, again, easy to say, but tough to do is having privacy I guess abiding by privacy principles on a global basis. So this is HIPAA in the US, GDPR in Europe, and PIPEDA in Canada, for example, as well as all the intricacies that come with reporting adverse events. Um, so again, making sure that patients, when they are sharing some type of information related to a medication that we're properly monitoring, flagging, and reporting it in, in many cases. And then the making sure that the community is a safe and convenient place. So the community moderation is something that we're very thoughtful of um, and making sure that all the information that's posted within the community is evidence-based material um, that reflects, again, what patients are going through that particular point in time. So this is the kind of safeguards we put in place that allows our partner organizations to leverage the power of peer-to-peer support in a more compelling way. So I'd say one of the gaps that we filled has become one of our biggest differentiators over the last few years. That's excellent. Yeah. And, you know, I I could see how something like misinformation can be, you know, less helpful you get past the benefits of connection and becomes hurtful, but you guys have managed to build in processes and and just ways of making sure that everything is evidence based. I think it's it's a it's a powerful solution. Kudos, man. Yeah, yeah, and you're starting to see it in a, in a real world setting. And if you don't have the proper controls and balances in place, so as you start to again with the pandemic and how the public opinion has been shaped over time, how can we ensure that again people are making informed decisions based on sound information? 
So I think at this day and age, it's something that's absolutely pivotal to make sure people are making the best decisions around their health. Agreed, Jeff. So what are you most excited about today? Yeah, so for us, I think as we alluded to earlier, Saul, in our um, presentation is, again, the digital transformation within um, the life sciences and healthcare space as a whole. Again, I think the stickiness is going to be there. And when you look at that patient journey, I think there's different types of ways that we can intervene in a more compelling way. So the data we're able to capture, it provides us the grounds in which we can be more proactive in the type of interventions. And when I was working at the, the pharmacy in, in years past, is what we started to see is when someone has an acute health issue, it's kind of a, a, a wake-up call in a lot of ways where they change behavior. But is there an opportunity for us to start to engage these individuals before that acute event happens and change that behavior? And when that acute event does happen, again, you see a, a sudden dramatic change in behavior um, for the weeks and maybe the month or two that follows. But that long tail persistence on changing that behavior over a period of time is something that we put a lot of thought into. And I think with, again, that highly engaging and high retention factor that when you embed social into that disease management journey. This is something that opens up a new door that hasn't been fully explored and utilized to date. Love it. Yeah, that's uh, very exciting. And uh, you guys are, are certainly providing a very interesting and unique approach to the the opportunity of, of engaging communities around specialty uh, uh, pharma. And so uh, love the work that you guys are up to. Folks, if you're curious, it's curatio.me to learn more. Go to outcomesracket.health, use our new search bar. It works really well. Type in Jeff Curatio. Uh, You'll find our entire transcript and show notes there and links. Jeff, why don't you leave us with a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could connect with you or somebody on the team to learn more or or participate? Yeah, no. So I just want to thank you for having me on on the show and on the podcast. Um, so I, I'd say over the next few years, it's going to be pivotal for digital health and, and really understanding on where different stakeholders in the healthcare ecosystem are going to align. You're going to have those digital laggards. You're going to have those leaders and pioneers. So again, if, depending on what camp you fit in, I think it's going to holistically define where, again, the value is accrued. And as we start to gain more and more um, visibility, more and more traction to the lens of value-based outcomes, and real world evidence that supports these types of agreements, people are going to be more inclined to say, how can we shape that that patient experience and the narrative and ultimately the the outcomes that are tied to supporting patients in new ways. So not necessarily looking at this like a one-dimensional treatment option of whether it be in hospital, in the clinic, or a treatment option from a pharmacotherapy standpoint, but looking at that entire person to say, how can we start to provide them with the behavioral nudges in the right direction. So, you know, we're always excited to talk to other people in the healthcare ecosystem who are also innovating and doing things in a different way. So if folks do want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at Jeff, J-E-F-F at curatio.me. That's C-U-R-A-T-I-O dot M-E. And you can also follow me on Twitter at J-Wanzy, which is J-W-A-N-D-Z-Y. Love it, Jeff. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this uh, very unique platform you guys are building and uh, and having success with. And we're certainly certainly rooting for your continued success and and the continued uh, support and health of the lives that you guys are impacting. So big thanks to you, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks again. And take care. Hey, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network? and taking the industry stage. Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.